0: Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew Lapau. Let's start the show.
1: Get on that bird and go! I'm on a like the highway I'm on a plane like the highway I'm on a plane like the highway i It's spread out there so I play
0: This episode of Musician was recorded on June 10th, 2015, Um, and my guest is Benjamin Jason Douglas. Uh, Ben's got a record that's coming out really soon, and you're going to hear a track from it just coming up shortly, and then some live in-studio performances. Uh, So before we get to the interview, though, I just want to say something that I really hope everyone is taking care of their health out there. Um, I got hit with... A migraine attack um, before a gig um, this past weekend and I really underestimated the power and intensity that a migraine um, could have on me. I have somehow figured out a way um, in my 20 years since getting them um, severe migraine attacks. Um, I have figured out how to kind of get, you know, get them out of my system or through my system using a mix of caffeine and Advil. And it just a pretty much a cocktail of remedies that I've allowed myself not to suffer migraines with. But this migraine came on while I was sleeping. And so it was already mid migraine by the time I got to my gig and i didn't want to put anybody out and have people scramble to find another guitar player for this gig so i went and i showed up and i played the gig and we did well and um but i had to i i should nobody should um underestimate the power of a migraine um that lays you out that's like that's like stomach flu for the day for your head it's like a complete roller coaster stomach flu um just psyche-annihilating, complete run, you're run over. It's it's the act of your body running over itself with a headache somehow and nausea and just really light sensitivity and sound sensitivity. Anybody who suffers from migraines knows what I'm talking about and if you don't, God bless you. You are so lucky. They are the bane of my existence. Um, It's five years since I've moved to Nashville and I can only recall two gigs that I um played with migraines though I was able to catch the symptoms early so I was able to treat them early um I have not ever done a full four hour long gig with a full-on migraine um and I just need to thank Harold and Adam and Lauren and Jason uh for being there and supporting me <laughs> through the whole thing, even though I was nowhere near a hundred percent. You guys rock. Thank you so much. And please everybody out there, take care of your health. If you're not feeling like going to work, don't go to work. Um, but anyway, that was weird. I'm still, I'm still recovering. It's, uh man. And if anybody has any migraine, uh, like remedies or, um, just anything, any advice on, um, on migraines, this one came on when I was like, I was asleep. So I woke up with it and, uh, it just, it was bad. Um, but I woke up so late that I was, you know, I had to go to the gig anyway. Uh, Without further ado, here's my interview with Benjamin Jason Douglas. Enjoy.
1: We can split the difference on the bill. I still got everything that you don't want. You took my heart like it was a pill. With side effects you didn't read up on. Honestly, I
0: Welcome to the podcast. This is always like an awkward beginning to everything and people just come in. They're like, all right, what is this house that I'm walking into? And I hardly know this guy. I brought in. Yeah, it's cool. But you're a musician and that's what this is all about. Yes, sir. Um, I've made enough poor life choices to become just that. I've been thinking about that lately. (laughs) I've been thinking about the poor life choices that you have to continuously make. I didn't
2: want to make a career out of coddling myself. I don't know. know, Music's the one, I guess. Hmm. So what, what, what started it all? Uh, started playing. Um, I don't know. My brother
0: did everything he did.
2: So when he started playing, I started doing that.
0: And did you... So your brother was a musician before you? Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, he still is. He still writes. Uh, I mean, he's in a punk band right now called Hot Tub Vomit. Okay. Out of Baltimore? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a joke. I mean, all the songs are super short and, you know, if you're a fan, you're HTV positive. So... (laughs) That's... That's fun.
0: Nice. I like
2: but, that. Yeah. So what kind of punk is it? Like, uh, I don't know. I think it's like supposed to be like D.R.I. or something, because all the songs are real short. Mm-hmm. There used to be this band, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, and they'd have like lyrics that read like a book, but all their songs would be like 20 seconds long. Mm-hmm. they put out like a 45, it would have like 20 songs on it or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's like the micro-machine man of punk music. Just like,
0: how how much older is he than you? Uh, four years. Okay
2: because every time I went to school he was getting out. So
0: and your but your music is very uh it's very soulful, I'll say off the bat. Um it's it's a throwback to roots, American roots music, I'd say. Not a throwback. I mean like it very uh authentic sounding, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um and it's it's reminiscent of your voice I'd say is reminiscent of like Helen Wolf or Tom Waits. Tom or, Waits, yeah.
2: yeah. I, I get that all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I like Tom Waits. I, I've never listened to much of Tom Waits, but... Really? I mean, I I, I have an album or, or
0: two, but I never spent a lot of time obsessing over him, but... Oh, man. Yeah. I had my Tom Waits obsession phase. Um, read the unauthorized biography of Tom Waits. Wow. Uh, yeah, you're in good. deep. Yeah, I was in deep, and I think that Tom Waits has got the best YouTube videos. All these... Really weird really? videos on YouTube, yeah, of like these you know TV shows on the 70s. Uh, I, I, I he's one of my favorite songwriters. I,
2: yeah. well, I know he's a real theatrical cat, and I dig yeah. that about him. Like, I watched like, uh, he's Austin City Limits, and when, when he was on there or something,
0: hmm, I haven't seen that.
2: And it was like, it was like an older one. I mean, I don't know how long that's been around, but. Uh, yeah, he had, like, a lamp post up there. He'd yeah. He was smoking cigarette mm-hmm. after cigarette, and, you know, half the time it just seemed like he was walking around acting, you know? Yeah. Like, which was cool. I mean, it was just very interesting to watch, like, deep poet kind of stuff almost, but he has, like, cool rhythms to everything, so mm-hmm. always got a good groove.
0: And uh, so, like, what do you think, uh, what, what, are your, what are your roots in, did you start as something else? Because I know, like, when Ben Delacour was on, he, you know, he was in a, Metal band before he did his. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know. Uh, I don't know.
2: I guess I was in like, like Radiohead kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was probably more. I sang a lot more tenderly, and yeah, <laughs> I think I had a. There's some article put out in like from my high school band. Some place in Belgium reviewed our record for some reason, and because I guess they sent it out there, but they said my voice sounded like a skin flower, which sounded very vaginal to me. <laughs> But <laughs> uh, it was that sweet. I mean, now it's more like a, a hacksaw, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a lot more. I mean, I don't know. It's, I think it's just like a character I kind of just stuck with after a while just because <laughs> it seemed to work.
0: Yeah. I mean, it got people's attention. Yeah.
2: I mean, there became so many other wimpy singers out there like I was, I guess. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, wasn't really making any difference, so... I guess I just tried something different for the sake of doing it. And,
0: Do you think smoking cigarettes kind of led us to that? Well,
2: Tom Waits would say that. I think he he said like something about like drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes is how he you know mm. trains his voice. I guess. But yeah, maybe I don't know. Don't tell my mom though. I don't, <laughs> she don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> but no, yeah. I guess uh, I guess my voice has definitely probably changed through the you know slowing. Slow death of my throat, yeah <laughs> I guess that's that's appealing.
0: Did you find that you really had to like work hard at getting that voice?
2: No, I just became more confident in it. like I, I started like I remember Dylan talking about how he'd kind of change his voice and sing differently, and mm-hmm. like you can tell like when you hear like Nashville Skyline or something, like you don't yeah. even know who the hell that is, like doing the first work like verse of North County Fair or something. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess I just, I tried something, and then eventually when people are like, yeah, it sounds kind of cool, I just kept pushing it and pushing it, and now, you know, I'm starting to sound like Cookie Monster, or like the guy <laughs> from the Mighty Mighty Ballstones, so I might be going over the edge. <laughs> Someone should tell me to turn it down a little I, bit. I
0: love it, and everybody, I when I see people watch you, they they're just totally, like, fixated. Like, they're who is this guy with this voice and... yeah
2: I'll never know I can't keep my eyes open when I play I just lose focus mm-hmm. I'm afraid I'm always going to stare at somebody's nethers or something and not pay attention to what I'm doing
0: and you have a you have a gospel you know vibe to your sound
2: yeah I went to bible college so mm-hmm. I can have something to do with it my dad was a pastor and I, I mean I grew up in church and you know almost became a youth pastor I guess or I mm-hmm. guess that's what I was shooting for for a while but, yeah what happened uh, I don't know, like, I just kind of realized I didn't want to work in a church, because I didn't really like the people that were in there a lot of times. At least people uh-huh. running stuff. Mm. I mean, it can get kind of strange and judgy. Yeah. Which, you know, I learned in Bible college pretty quick, like, you know, it's they're not the most welcoming of people.
0: Well. <laughs> bill, <laughs> bill collector. <laughs> Um uh, so anyway going back to um you said you 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 didn't want to work in the church because you said people were being judgmental. Yeah,
2: it just seemed like a rough thing to work in. Like so, my, I see my dad work in it and he had to deal with a lot of stuff and I didn't know if I was really ready for that.
0: Well, yeah. I always think this is outside of just being a musician or just being just being a human being living in the in a world like that's a very difficult thing to do is to not be judgmental. Yeah. Yet it is one of the like pillars of christianity you yeah. know well, it's a it's
2: a pillar of most of you most know religions. secularized group of anybody you know like underground musicians can be that way sometimes you
0: know well yeah um anybody. um the whole judge not let yeah. he see be judged it comes
2: natural to people because it, it makes them feel good immediately you know <laughs> so uh, like okay. i'm not that guy okay.
0: oh man um so that you found that was did you find it was most apparent in the church like that yeah or? well in the
2: culture I guess, like, I mean, because being in college, like, I was around the, the up-and-coming next generation of Christians or these people, mm-hmm. and, you know, they were pretty bad with it, and, you know, they were getting it from the older older folks were kind of spreading these things, and they'd kind of follow along, and, you know, it was just, I don't know, like, I didn't really fit in well, because I didn't, I wasn't really in Christian culture. I didn't listen to Christian music. I didn't do Christian stuff, necessarily. I just thought it was... You know, normal. Like my dad listened to Frank Sinatra. You know, he wasn't listening to like, you know, like BB uh, Mac or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, whatever. DC talker, you know, I, did, I didn't go through all that. I wasn't homeschooled or anything. <laughs> but a lot of the kids I went to school with were, so they thought like, there's this band, Apologetics, that would write covers of other songs and Christianize them. Mm-hmm. Like they got Enter Enter Samson and Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, kids at our homeschooled that grew up listening to Apologetics, they always, they thought those guys wrote that song. So they'd hear a song, like, on the radio, like, oh, wow. you know, like, uh, Sting or something, like, every step you take. And then they'd be like, oh, man, that's an apologetic song. Because, you know, they did a version of that or something. And it's like, no, dude, that's Sting. I mean, it's been around forever. Where, yeah. where the hell have you been?
0: That's, that's really... That was really interesting because I played um, I played a gig two weekends ago, um, and the drummer I think he he does a lot of like he was very brought up in the, that community and mm-hmm. stuff, and so we played a uh, kite surfing after party like competition after party like and so real it was like kite surfing real kite surfing it was I in know. the on um, the Outer Banks and that's crazy
2: North. kite surfing is nuts yeah I mean, you're I, like way up there like. They, like, jump over islands and shit when they do that. I mean, it's... Oh, man. That's sweet. Cool. I, I
0: didn't get to see any of it. I just got to see all the people when they're hanging out. And um, so I was like, this is so cool. We're playing, we're playing, you know, country music for all these uh, surfers who, um, usually the band that they get is, like, a reggae band. and uh, Or Jack Johnson. Right. Something like that. Um, and it was my birthday, so the, uh, the band was like, hey, it's the guitar player's birthday. And when we got off... Um, all the, uh, they were like, one more song, one more song, and I I, said to the bass player, you know Santeria? And so we played Santeria, and people went crazy, but the drummer didn't know Santeria. couldn't figure it out? Well, he figured it out enough to, I was just, I just went. But
2: he had no idea about the song itself.
0: He never had heard the song. Wow.
2: Yeah, well.
0: You know, I feel like.
2: Probably wouldn't, yeah. That band would not be popular in Christian culture, I would imagine. Yeah. Their parents were probably trying real hard to make sure Sublime never existed to that child. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that man was troubled. Music he he's playing.
0: Yeah. Why why do you have to be deeply troubled in order to be a prolific genius composer, uh, well, songwriter? Well, I don't
2: think you need to be. I mean, you probably are at some point if you're trying hard enough, but I mean I don't think you need to be. I mean I probably used to think that. But you can only dig in your own, like, well for so long before it's just like, oh, the shit's so repetitive. Like, you know. Because yeah. the same shit you worry about throughout your whole life. So, I mean, it's like, why bother digging that up all the time? I mean, I just got bored with myself at a certain point. I was like, I don't want to hear me whine anymore. So I was just like, maybe I'll just play something happier, you know, try to, you know, pep myself up a little bit.
0: Well, that's cool. I, I like that whole idea because you're, like, digging the well. And I think that's why I kind of my songwriting took a back seat to me just trying to be a guitar player um, as a just a profession it was because I was I think I was getting tired of myself. Getting kind of bored, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it's like any other relationship. I mean, you gotta, sometimes you gotta put on a different outfit and, you know, try something different. Which, you know, it's just like changing the voice and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think there it was like a quote from Woody Guthrie that always got me, like about how, you know, like sad songs are you know, really not worth doing or you know you shouldn't put you know you should try to uplift people with your music or you know do something positive you know make right. a move I mean, distract them do something you know they can use
0: then you got songs like i can't make you love me yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean
2: there are beautiful sad songs and it's a it's a weird conflict because i love sad songs i spent my probably most of my life listening to them like i used to just listen to like counting crows and like go down to my basement room and just like cry about whatever teenage drama i was going through and I mean, I loved it. I, I mean, I loved. I still love counting curves. I love you know a lot of a lot of sad shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just for myself as far as writing, like I I can do it, but I don't go out of my way to do it anymore. I used I used to try to do that for like every song.
0: But, hmm. I know Jason Mraz. I think said he there was just a point where he refused to write sad songs.
2: Yeah, I mean that guy's happy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like he's he's too happy for me. I'm annoyed by how happy he is. I,
0: I, I know what you mean. There yeah. is a there is an annoyance point, but then mm-hmm. there is a point where it's like, wow, well, it's very melodic and kind of yeah. kind of groovy.
2: Maybe I'm just not there yet, is what it is. I mean, there's a whole. I don't other... think you have to warm up. Like I don't think Jason Mraz <laughs> is one of those
0: acquired tastes that you just get to. I think you just start accepting accepting him, or yeah, you're just I mean, like, ah, okay.
2: I don't know. Just some people I love to hate, I guess. And you see one of them. I suppose. <laughs>
0: man uh I don't know who do I I love to hate it don't matter like Jack
2: Johnson's one of them really yeah like I just have to hate that dude I mean sure I guess he could write a good song but I mean like I will never invest time to find out there's just something (laughs) because like he surfs plays guitar you know he's like a I guess he's a handsome fella (laughs) You know, it's just know. too, too many things, it's too many, too many, many things. Fun. I like, feel like I've only, good. yeah, I've yeah. only got guitar. That's all I've got, you know, and I'm, I mean, I'm just right you know, that's my, mm-hmm. that's my complete sex appeal. And this guy, you know, it just feels it's like he's, threat. yeah, he's hoarding women at that point. Not that he's getting <laughs> them all, just that they're, they're wanting it,
0: you know?
2: Oh man. Yeah. Um, so, I won't mention anything about that.
0: What, what are you doing tonight?
2: Uh, for the Legion, Matt Campbell, the goodly vice commander and resident uh, folk man has put me in charge of doing like two shows there cause he's going to be out of town. He's traveling. So I'm just doing that. Okay, cool. You know, Brian's going to play tonight and then mm-hmm. this guy, Jonathan Houghton or Houghton, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's super good too. He's like him and Ryan are kind of similar in ways. Like they both kind of have this squeeze kind of vibe about them. Mm. And they're neither of them are really that into squeeze. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's kind of interesting. It's <laughs> funny
0: you put Ryan with Squeeze. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's like a punk squeeze. Yeah. But I mean, he's just got he's got a tremendous sense of like melody and, mm-hmm. and harmony like he just he he comes up with shit like like he did like a guitar line on some song that we had for a while and now it's the only thing I can remember from the guitar like the whole song yeah it's like the only thing that's in my head and you yeah. he can do shit like that I mean it's just and I feel like squeeze was kind of that too like pop rock kind of you know just great melodies but
0: do you want to play a song
2: uh yeah I suppose should I get my guitar oh uh, whatever
0: you want to play Yeah, you can use I've got acoustic out there I got the classical here mm-hmm. what you want to do I don't know, I might get lost on the classical. Don't got no dots. <laughs> I don't know how much I really rely on
2: it. Only any major dude can tell.
0: Mm, do you know? No. Okay. Uh, Wilker does it.
2: song uh, says that I have some Pentecostal in me. Which my parents were not Pentecostal, and neither am I. My dad always wanted to be a black preacher, but he was a white one. <laughs> but he's good, he's good.
1: take my-
0: that song hey that's a catchy tune it's great um what 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 inspired that song uh i don't know
2: i guess i was really just trying to write something upbeat
0: Mm -hmm.
2: i was trying to write a gospel song okay and i mean i didn't think much of it i I enjoyed it but you know sometimes sometimes you play a song
0: for people and they're like that's a good song and you're like oh it is and you're like all right yeah well i love the image i'm i'm gonna be a tentpole you're like Turning yourself into this inanimate object, but yeah. you're like, but you're like holding up the yeah, like tent. I'm helping out, but uh, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna like that's the thing. Like I'm I'm part of something, and mm-hmm. you know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know if you're you're part of something bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's a way of saying like, you know, people that don't think they're they're doing much. You know, if they're you know if they're living right and they're you know loving other people that. You know, they they are doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Not everybody's meant to do awesome, great, you know, in-your-face kind of things, I guess. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is great can be the bar is lowered. You know, there are great <laughs> things that people do every day that, you know, nobody notices that, you know.
0: Well, they say that, you know, there's that whole quote, no great man was a good man. Yeah.
2: And he probably definitely wasn't a man on TV or a man mm. that came out with a record. You know, I mean, like... <laughs> You know, you you don't know the really good people in the world sometimes.
0: I know. And you know, it's funny, it's like, I feel like good people, they're just kind of like low-key, you know? Or, uh, uh, when I was uh, auditioning for these uh, artists and stuff, the ones who were the most pompous looking in the public eye Mm -hmm. were the nicest guys in the private eye and the ones who were the coolest like the coolest kind of laid back were, the, in biggest the, were the biggest jerks privately <laughs> you never know what you're going to get you know And uh, but uh, yeah that was great you want to do another? Uh, or do damn. you want to chat a little bit more? No doesn't matter to me what yeah. you want to do brother? it's yeah, your was, show well it's your show today yay <laughs> yeah let's hear another alright uh. <laughs>
2: it's another song I I wrote I didn't think much of it and then I think Joe was the one who told me they really liked this song and maybe a few other people and I was like alright but I guess this would be kind of a sad
1: one it's called Gloria I spent my whole life looking for a way to make my heart break cause I fell hard into loving the lonesome sound that it makes Like a ghost train derailing Calling back from the grave I howl against the night Broken over some old six strain Now the next time you see me I'll be drunk on a mall train hanging out the side with a big old grin on my face singing luck must be a lady cause my pocket's full of small change tonight oh, come on praying that I'll find the road to walk down instead of spinning my wheels playing the games the devil knows well But I just can't keep it straight if it's mine or if it's God's will to swallow all the hate just to keep tasting the guilt. Now the next time you see me I'll be swaying in the streetlight High on John Misty With a restless calm in my eye Singing luck must be a lady Cause she left without
0: Yeah, man. Painful.
2: <laughs> Seriously. See, I mean, you don't want to go through that with every song. But...
0: <laughs> no, but like, It's like just watching the movie Gravity over and over but... again—it's stressful. <laughs> Why do that? <laughs> no, but th- this thing. But we all go through that shit. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. You know. But it's got—it's got to be part of it. You know, can't yeah. be. Can't be the focus. It can't be know? the
0: focus. I guess it is for a lot of people, though. Um well Elliot Smith for one I mean you love Elliot Smith I love Elliot Smith I was going to bring him up earlier when you said digging the same the same well because he dug that over and over again well like
2: we were talking about the other night you were talking about the world within a world thing and all that like mm -hmm. being an artist and you know you do like create a world for yourself You know, Mm -hmm. so I mean why just make it so bleak I Mm -hmm. mean why make it so horrible I mean if that's your place that's your space where
0: you work and you write and you you know you create things I guess he took it was um, always type of like similar lyrical content, but he had such a, a palette of music to oh yeah to yeah. go into that and, and
2: melodies and I mean he was he was beautiful I mean he probably could have wrote you know I mean he did have songs that were kind of sad and happy at the same time you know mm-hmm. kind of surrender type kind of things and but yeah I mean it's just a shame that you know people like that you know. Can't continue with that thing, you know. I mean, yeah. like, I'm sure he was playing music to keep him sane and to, you know, mm-hmm. keep everything rolling. But like, it just seems like it wasn't enough for some people, you know. Right.
0: When did you write this song? Um,
2: jeez, maybe like two years ago or okay. something. Which is funny because I, I mentioned being on a mall train in it, and I got a job here when I first came here, and I wrote the song before I ever came here. But I, I worked on a mall train for a while at Opry Mills. Like the conductor outfit, and, you <laughs> know. Not. So it was funny that I, I've only seen like a mall train maybe one other time before that, and then I ended up writing about it because I thought it was so ridiculous.
0: That's a great, yeah. That's, that's a great like the image, image of like with like a the...
2: guy that's drunk, like riding a mall train. You know, like that's the like big the saddest old thing. Yeah. <laughs> just some guy sticking his head out the Pukyo
0: Express, you know, at Marley Station Mall, and he's just like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that was great. Um, and so, what's the story behind your guitar?
2: Uh, well, you ask other people, they say I borrowed it from my, like, little niece or something. That's what your friend Ted said. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, it's seafoam green, and it's about as garish as hell. I mean, it was, it was, it was the, it popped out the most, like, when I was going to buy a new guitar, because people always told me, you can't do the price on guitars. You gotta, if you're gonna, it's what you're gonna do, put some money into it, buy a nice guitar. So I kind of went in between with this one where I was like, I'm not ready for like another 200 bucks, but I'll go another 89 bucks. Well, thank you so much. No problem, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah. And that's it for our latest installment of Musician. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, If you'd like to contact me, you can contact me through my email, uh, andrew at com, or you can get me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. But keep it to email.